0: And then pass it on until I become a living proof of Zion where God dwells in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you tonight. We give you praise. We bless your holy name. We ask Spirit of God that you will have preeminence in this place. Holy Ghost, let error be removed. Let only your truth be taught. Let Jesus be glorified. Let the Father be magnified. We rebuke every presence of demonic operation in this place. We come against every stronghold of confusion and doubt. We bind you in the name of Jesus. And we resist you and your manipulations in this atmosphere. In the name of Jesus. If you can speak in the Holy Ghost, why do not you speak in tongues for some few minutes? Liso bobo bo bo, giga lende le gadabaha, zante le 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 kapa kata, le libra gada kalabra baba, Thank you, Holy Ghost. Mangele baba kapa, Riba la bebé in the name of jesus amen please take your seats welcome somebody to church on your left and right hallelujah well the screens are not working so you'll be using your bible tonight so it's good at least you'll get to out just call somebody open and read so keep the microphone let's be sure you have been reading your bibles Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the verse number 3. We're looking at understanding demonic activities. Understanding demonic activities and the supernatural realm. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6 says, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. So that alone tells us that the weapons that we use are spiritual. Amen. The weapons we engage in spiritual warfare are spiritual. They are not physical. That scripture says, even though you walk in the flesh, we do not operate physical weapons. We operate spiritual weapons. For the weapons, this is the weapons of our warfare, which means also there is warfare. Paul puts it that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities. The reason why we study some of these things is so that you will have understanding. Because if you know, then you know that certain things that are operating in your life are not lawful and God has not permitted them. You have allowed them. And so you can chase the devil out and put him on the run. Amen? Amen. Because we have that authority. He has been t- That authority has been taken away from him. It doesn't have that authority anymore. Praise God. Yeah, it doesn't have that authority anymore. You and I have that authority. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or they are not physical. Weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful. They are what? Divinely powerful. Powerful for the destruction of fortresses. They are divinely powerful for the destruction of what? Fortresses. Wow. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing. That sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. Hallelujah. Amen. So part of our spiritual warfare is our own obedience must be complete then the Bible says we will what punish every act of disobedience. Every act of disobedience. So our warfare is spiritual. It's not carnal. And the scripture makes us understand that we have weapons that we use. The weapons are also not physical. They are what, spiritual. And what are these weapons? This scripture gives us an idea into one aspect of... Um, demonic activities or one aspect of um, spiritual warfare it makes us understand that part of it is in the mind our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses then it goes on to say we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, argument Now, what are these arguments? We are talking about arguments that are anti-gospel. Arguments that are based on traditions. Arguments that are based on certain principles that we have lived under or lived by. I think last Friday I was teaching the leaders about things like that. That you call somebody a Chinese... Not necessarily because of the way they look. Even though look may be very important. But because of a particular principle they've lived under. Or a particular way they do things. And so it makes them to be called Chinese. You can have a black Chinese. Have you ever seen a black Chinese? There are many black people there that are Chinese. Either they have naturalized But anyway, anyhow, because they went to China to live in China, the environment and the principality and everything that controls China started working on them. When you meet them now and you ask them to eat traditional food, they don't know it. They only know traditional Chinese food. Why? They have become Chinese. They have been cultured by the environment of China. The same way somebody can also come and live here. And after a while, if the person is not, um, what do you call it, clannish. You know people that are clannish, they like only mingling with their own. If you find a man that is married to a white Scottish, after a little while, they begin to behave like a Scottish. Yeah. They begin to think like Scottish. They begin to behave exactly like Scottish. When you go there, they'll give you a cup of tea. Instead of giving you water, they give you a cup of tea. Instead of giving you food, they'll be looking at you. After that cup of tea, you won't get any food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go to the restaurant, everybody must contribute. Even if your husband and wife, say, bring your own. No. But somebody from Africa, when he's married to an African, he knows when he goes to the place, if he's a man, he's in charge. Because he wants to be in charge. There is a kind of mentality. Something controls him. Amen. Now so that kind of mindset. Good or bad. I mean these things we are talking about. I'm not talking about bad things. We are talking about things. That influences the way people reason and think. Sometimes. As good as they are. They become. Strong holds. That hold people bound from receiving the gospel. These are what the scripture is calling sophisticated words, arguments. So the man, because he has lived in China for so long, they believe in all kinds of things. So you're beginning to talk about Christ to him. He says, no, 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 no. There's nothing like Christ. Everything, we use our brain. We are very smart. We can do this and that and that. You don't need Christ. Now, that kind of environment is framing the mindset of the person. The same way a person brought up in a particular home, a home where maybe the parents don't control the children, that person may grow up uncorrectable. So if that person comes to church and they say, Usher says, sit here. He say, Why should I sit here? How dare you tell me that? He's angry. He goes through the door. He says, I'm not coming back. Or he will hold himself till the service is over. After the service is over, you won't see him again. Why did you why are you not coming back? No, no, no. I don't I don't take nonsense from anybody. No. In life, you take nonsense for somebody, he will take it from somewhere. <laughs> Amen. When you go to work, and that's why some of them cannot even work, because they can't work under any boss. Because once the boss tells them, no, 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 no. What you're doing is wrong. No, they can't, they can't take it. Now, what is happening to that person? The upbringing of that person is framing the mindset of that person such that the person is not able to to receive the gospel. That kind of atmosphere that person has lived under has become what we call a stronghold. It's not demonic, but it's a stronghold. Others too, because of maybe... They live in a home where they don't let them do anything. So right from childhood to adulthood, the child cannot do anything, must not hold anything. The child grows up, becoming very lazy. So that, if it's a girl, that becomes a problem for a husband in future. Now, if the husband says, please, honey, can you cook? Maybe spaghetti for us. There will be a lot of salt. God punish the devil. The devil is in trouble tonight. There'll be a lot of sorts. Or can you prepare this for us? There'll be a problem. There'll be a fight. Why? Because the child grew up not knowing how to do anything. Now, that has become a stronghold. So when you tell him to do something, no, no, I can't do it. Or you can't tell me. And the kind of children we're growing, we're we're developing or we are growing up in this part of the world or we are training in this part of the world. The only person that can correct them is their parents. So when they come to me, maybe even a church like this, you go, no, you're not my mother. You can't correct me. Only Mrs. Anne in school and the mother or the father can correct them. But somebody else that grew up in a culture where if you misbehave in the corner, First adult will slap you, by the time you get to second second adult is slapping you. By the time you get to third adult, you are just yourself. So you grow up knowing that you must be disciplined. Now, why am I saying this? Somebody with that lax atmosphere of lack of discipline can grow up without discipline around them. And because there is no discipline, that becomes a stronghold and possibly can even become demonic. Why? Because the devil is very strategic. What he does is he looks for loopholes. So if the child is lazy, does not know how to wash pants, does not know how to wash dishes, does not, their houses will become dirty, demons will feast there. Before you know it, demons are beginning to affect their mind, their brain. Before you know it, their environment alone is making them to become depressed. You would think it's a medical condition, not a medical condition the laxity of laziness has allowed satanic inroad. Or when that person cannot take correction from anybody, that person gets to the point where the person becomes rebellious. And when you become rebellious, Satan uses that as an, a tool, an advantage to work against you. So everywhere you go, things will not work because anything they tell you, you won't take. So you have to leave. And certain people, some of them, what they develop is anger, anger tactics. So after a while, the anger is not no more normal anger. It has moved from anger to become strife, bitterness. Satan finds a way to enter. So there are two things that have happened there. Stronghold of the mind, but also demonic. And the scripture says, we pull these things down through what? Through our spiritual weapons. And what is the weaponry? It is by ministering the true word of God to the people. And the person must be receptive to the word. Once the person is receptive, you find out that those things can break slowly. And before you know it, somebody who was not disciplined will become disciplined because the person decided to to stay in church and put themselves under authority. That's what the church does to you. Or somebody that is very angry because if the person sits under the authority of the word of God, the word of God begins to break that thing off you. And before you know it, you know, you just realize one day you are no more angry anymore. Now, what has happened is that what has become demonic has been dealt with just by yielding to the word of God. Hallelujah. And to the teaching of the word of God. That's why staying in church, being planted in church is very important. Especially where you are put under some kind of regiment. Not the place where you go where nobody tells you anything. It's it's a crowd. Everybody goes. You just go. The moment you finish, you carry your bag. You just vanish. Nobody will know you or nobody will see you. You know what that happens to you? What that does is that you would not, nobody's teaching you there. You are just going just, it's me that brought myself to church. If I want to go, I go. What are you doing to yourself? You are becoming, it's, 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 it will not help you to grow spiritually. Hallelujah. It will not help you to what? To grow spiritually. Praise God. Now, great. So we live in a spiritual world. And last week we established that the spiritual influences what? The physical. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3. The scripture reads It is through faith we understand. That the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The things which are seen were not made from things which do appear. So the physical world was framed by the spiritual. The spiritual framed the physical world. In other words, we are saying that the spiritual can rule over The physical, Hallelujah. The spiritual can rule over the word. The physical. If that is the case, then we understand also that we said that for every person that is born, God assigns an angel. The same way, every person that is born, Satan also assigns demons, and these demons could police an individual, a family, a place. A group of people, an environment, even a city country. And the same way, angels as well are assigned to rule over nations, to rule over individuals, people. So everybody has a personal angel assigned to them. And so when you are born again, your angel is there to minister to you. These are called personal angels. Hallelujah. They are called what? Personal angels. And they are there to minister to you. Now, let's look at a few scriptures to um, address some of these points. And uh, we'll crisscross from there somehow. Daniel, chapter number 9. But before we read Daniel chapter 9, I also want to read one scripture from Matthew chapter 12 to establish. We said that Satan has a system or has a kingdom And with his kingdom, he has what? A system by which he operates or rules over the natural, over the physical. Praise God. Now, Matthew chapter 12, from the verse number 33. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and damp I want to take it again and I will take it slowly then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil now take note I want to make a correction there when you are born again demons cannot possess you but the reason is because your spirit man is free But your body and your soul are still undergoing perfection. Your spirit is perfect, but your body, your mind, your soul is made up of your emotions, your will. And so demons can affect your mind. They can give you mental instability. They can bring pressure to you. They can bring confusion. They can bring pain. They can bring sicknesses and diseases because your body still needs to undergo perfection. The only time your body and your soul will be perfected is when we what, we get to heaven. So for that to happen, that is where the devil influences people. He can influence your mind, bring confusion to you. He can influence your body, bring sicknesses and diseases. He can influence things around you and he can also use people To hinder you, to block you, and to bring all kinds of what hurt and frustration to you. But when this happens, what must we do? Do we have authority? Can we take control? Yes, emphatically yes. Praise God. And that's what we're getting to. But I want us to look at the demonic and, I mean, some of the things that they do. So this particular individual was brought to Jesus, possessed by a devil. And the devil was responsible for blindness. But not every blindness is caused by a demon. I was listening to Andrew Womack, and he said he was praying for an individual that had an impairment in one of his eyes. So when this individual came to, I mean, he has finished ministering and ministering, and he was now, he called this guy, come forward, let's pray for you and he prayed hey, he said he prayed and prayed this eye will not heal he said what is the problem well after a while i think the meeting the time for the meeting finished so he dismissed he said anybody wants to go home can go home but me i want to stay here until this guy gets healed because there should be a problem if the, there is a problem it's not god it's me or him the guy receiving they kept praying and praying. And then whilst he said, he said they were praying in tongues for so long, then after a while, he heard the Spirit of God whisper to him that the guy does not need healing. He needs a miracle. So he didn't really even understand what the meaning of the difference meant. Healing, miracle, what does that mean? So one day he kept praying in tongues. He didn't really do much about it. Then one of the pastors, associate pastors in the church, also said, Pastor, I just had a word now. God says he needs a miracle, not a healing. So then he really confirmed what he had. So he asked the guy, What exactly is wrong with this eye? He said, Well, in fact, what you see is just a case, the outer case. They've removed the iris, they remove everything behind the eye. So what you are seeing, so, I, that's, so there's nothing there. It's just something you can only see a ball, but inside they've removed everything. He said, aha. (laughs) So then he began to now deal with the issue. So he commanded miracles for new iris to be formed, new tissues, new whatever to be formed. And in a matter of minutes, the guy began to see. So what the guy needed at that moment was not a healing. What he needed was a miracle something to be creative. A miracle happens when you need intervention of God to recreate or create something. A healing is a repairing of what is already there. Hallelujah. So there's a little bit of a difference. So this young man they brought was blind and dumb, But this blind and dampness was caused by a devil, a spirit mind you children can also be born and have deaf and dumb issues and they may not be demonic it may just be a medical condition something went wrong maybe the mother ate something she shouldn't have eaten or something happened and the child became what deaf and dumb now that child will need a healing but if it was a demon that demon needed to be cast out well let's let's see what what happens now so and healed and he healed him in so much that the blind and dumb both speak and saw and all the people were amazed and said is not this the son of david but when the pharisees heard it they said this fellow does not cast out devils but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils so which means the new That there were activities of demons or Beelzebubs or demons that can be called what? Princes. Good. Verse 25 And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. So Jesus is telling us from this scripture that Satan has what? A kingdom. A kingdom. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. So he's telling us that Satan is so organized that his kingdom cannot be divided easily. Neither can you stand against it easily. Praise God. Then he says, and if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand And if I be Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God. So that tells you that when there is a demon at work in an individual, what you do is what? Cast it out. And how do you cast a demon out? With the spirit of God. Jesus tells us. With what? The spirit of God. He says, but if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house? And spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man. Except he what? Binds the strong man. I'll talk about binding and loosing maybe on Sunday. Except he binds what? The strong man. So he is telling us that for Satan having dominion over a place, there is a strong man at work. And this strong man could be a strong man over a family. Over your finances. Over your job. Over your marriage. Over things that you may not even think or be aware of. And many times when Satan is at work in a place, most of the people that are being influenced don't even know. Oh yeah. If you knew, you would know what to do now. If Satan is working you and he's using a trick, you think he will tell you, hey, I came home. Hello. live? I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. Can you give me a room to stay in? No. He opens the door subtly. And he comes in subtly. But how does he come in? He comes in through, that's why I told you that, that, that week, familiar spirits. He, he knows how you operate. He knows how when you sleep. He knows when you wake up. He knows your weaknesses. He's been tailoring and monitoring you. So he knows whether you are a loose person or you are, If so, if you're a loose person, you use your looseness. If you talk loose, he will use that one. If you sleep loose, he will use that one. Anything that is loose in your life, he uses that one. Oh, I'm very, very foolish and stupid. He will use it. Your mouth is working against you. And Satan will, will torment you. And torment your mind, torment your soul, torment you until you become... Oh, things don't even work for me. It works for everybody else apart from me. Satan knows your mouth is loose. He will work you through that mouth very, very well. So Satan will, and then how does, once he enters, he puts a strong man there to keep you under lock and key. The only way to spoil that man or dislodge the strong man is to bind The strong man. Amen. Well, we'll talk about that another day, not today. Today we're looking at demonic activities. How Satan comes in. How he operates. What he does when he comes in. How he works people. Um, Let's look at another scripture. Luke 13 verse 11. So part of the thing Satan does is to bring sicknesses and diseases Other times, it brings infirmities. Infirmities are weaknesses, pain, distress. When people have migraine that will not go, you've used every kind of medicine. It's not going. Chances are that there is a demonic undertow. Don't play with it. Address it. You've realized all of a sudden... You never used to be angry. You are becoming as angry as your mother used to be. Or as angry as your father used to be. And it's working you. It's something you hate. It's not like you like it. But the thing is beginning to work you. You need to check it. Chances are that there is a demon that has found a loophole, a familiar spirit. He's a familiar. He knows that that thing is in the family, it's been planted. It works the men or the women in the family. So he begins to work in that direction. So you check it. How do you check it? Deal with that devil. Tell that devil, I am not going to be your house. Neither will I be the place of your habitation. Go out. And we are not going to be partners. Me and you, we are. We ain't going to be partners. Go. Two, two people cannot stay in this house. It's me. I'm the landlord of this house. Go. Praise God. Great. Luke 13 verse 11. Another time they brought Jesus. It's good to know how Jesus dealt with demons and how Jesus pointed out or taught on demonic activities. He's the best authority than anybody else. Amen. Amen. Great. Luke 13 verse 11. And... Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of what? Infirmity. 18 years and was bowed together. Which makes me believe that the woman definitely was not born like this. At some point in his life, he just felt... That he couldn't straighten it herself. She just realized she was just bending. And then all of a sudden they said she has sclerosis or something has affected her bones. And before she knew it, she's now walking like this. This is how she walks. She can't be straight anymore. So she's walking like that with a lot of pain. And everybody has gotten used to her because that's how she comes to the synagogue. She's no news. Everybody knew her. But Jesus made us understand that the woman is suffering from what? A spirit of infirmity. Infirmity that means weakness. Pain. Something that brings distress and discomfort to you. Migraines. They bring pain, discomfort. Amen. Certain conditions in the body. That medical science does not have answers to. They are all activities, most likely of demonic forces. If there is a solution to it, medical science will heal it. Amen? So, if medical science cannot heal it, chances are that there is a demonic anatomy. High blood pressure, they only tell you you can control it, it cannot be healed. Sugar diabetes. They tell you, they give you all the medicine in the world. It's just, it's a, it's a scam. It's, it's, it's a factory. It's, 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 that medicine will not heal you. It can only help control, <laughs> control the factors. They themselves will tell you, the doctors will tell you, it doesn't heal you. It will only help you. So you have to live on it forever. Were you born with medicine? Were you, so that tells you something is wrong somewhere. Deal with it spiritually. Don't sit there and say, "Oh, the doctors are prescribing this, it will be well. It will not get well. It will get worse. This woman's own started like this. One day she woke up, she was like this. She couldn't bend very freely. Another time, she just realized she's going down, down, down. Now she's bent over. She's walking like this. Jesus says, it's a spirit of what? infirmity and let's see who is in charge of this spirit of infirmity and was bowed together so that means the woman has become like this it's gone very very low even me I can't go down like that the woman has gone down it's not like it. she's like the bent he's bent over he's like that so human beings walking like this were you born walking bent something is wrong Hashtag, something is wrong. And it's a demon. So he just went to play and he just fell and his leg became one kind. Then that one kind started degenerating. Before they know, they said, they said bone degeneration something. Your bones are eating away. Before they know you, you know it, they said your organs are fighting against you. There are people that their organs fight them. There's no, no, no medicine. No medical science cannot help them. Others to they can't eat. Others to they eat too much. They are becoming big like a house. No control. Others to they can't sleep. Others to they sleep too much. Anything that is in excess, you find out that you can't control your mind anymore these days you just keep falling asleep falling asleep a small moment you are asleep check yourself check yourself I'm speaking to somebody now that devil get out of you now in Jesus name (laughs) every second you just find out you are becoming dull Is this not you something is taking over your body you are becoming dull you are just losing your personality and things around you are beginning to are no more interesting you you are not there's your zest for life it's no more there Your appetite for life is dying away. You don't have pleasure for anything anymore. Check yourself. You must have pleasure. Pleasure. You must have pleasure for food, pleasure for sleep, pleasure to go and visit restaurants, pleasure to go and eat, pleasure to do things. If you're not having pleasure for anything and something is binding you, (laughs) it could be a spirit of (laughs) infirmity. Well, let's finish this thing. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. So you see that one way by which you minister healing to people is through what the laying on of hands. So when hands are laid on you, it's not ordinary doesn't necessarily mean you should fall or jump or cough anything but when hands are laid on you it's called the law of contact something is transmitted the anointing by the we saw in the previous scripture that demons are cast out what with the spirit of god so the spirit of god is transmitted through contact through laying on of hands Sometimes you just find out that you, you are in an atmosphere where the word of God is being ministered. Because you are in that atmosphere, the demon or whatever is troubling you just lives like that. And you didn't know. Sometimes you didn't know. You, are just, you just keep coming to church just because you are coming. All of a sudden, things just change about you. That's why coming and sitting under anointed word is very important. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very important. Don't underestimate it. Very, very, very important. Because that is how the power of God is ministered and transmitted to you. Amen. Jesus calls this a spirit of what? Infirmity. It means the woman was bound, restricted. Her movement has been restricted. Her body has been restricted. Some of us... We don't feel we feel like something has imprisoned our soul, your mind. You, you, you look like you are under captivity, you just can't tell, but you can tell that this is not you, something is happening to you. You, 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 you may be under the influence of uh, the spirit of infirmity. <laughs> now, verse 13 and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. And glorify God. Yeah. Now if you were in that meeting. What would you do? You would be rejoicing. Won't you? You would be excited. But guess what? And he laid his hand. Verse 14. And the ruler of the synagogue. Answered with indignation. With anger. Because that Jesus had healed. On the Sabbath day. And said unto the people. There are six days. In which men ought to work. In them. Therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Mercy. The Lord then answered him and said, thou hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day lose his own ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound Lo, these eighteen years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. So Jesus is saying that the woman has been put under bondage, is bound, restricted. Who did it? Satan. It may not be he himself. He would have used one of his demons, the demon in charge of infirmity, to put this on this woman. All of a sudden, one saw just appeared on your body. The sore will not heal. You've tried everything. Then they are telling you, oh, it's sugar, diabetes. That's why that sore cannot heal. It's a lie. God created the body to heal itself by any cut. So anything that cannot heal, something has tempered with it. Not naturally. Spiritually. So what do you do? You got to deal with it spiritually. And one way by dealing with it spiritually is to give yourself to the ministry of the word of God. Put yourself under emergency and start hearing the word. Not magic. Word. Word. I won't go there. (laughs) Keep hearing the word. Give yourself to the word. Then decide to pray and fast. Fast and what? Pray. Jesus said there are certain things they won't leave Except by what? Fasting and prayer. So when the condition has remained like that for so long and you have tried everything is not working try fasting and praying especially if it's demonic try fasting and praying the only unfortunate part is that if you don't want a change no amount of fasting and prayer can help you change you must desire that change you must say no this condition is not me i need a change then God sees that desperation in your heart. And when you fast and pray, he will change the thing. There is nothing that is impossible with God. I'll read one, maybe one last scripture. And this time around, we'll look at Daniel. Last week, we looked at uh, Elisha and his servant, didn't we? We hmm? We did. 2nd Kings chapter 6. I think we did. No, that's not it. The eyes, yeah. Yeah. We looked at it last week, didn't we? 2nd Kings chapter 6. 2nd Kings chapter 6. So you see, Jesus gives us an inclination to the fact that in our natural world, demons affect people. They work against people. They hinder people. They trouble people. They can trouble your life. They can make you do something And you see, when demons are at work, you will not know. You will think you are in your right frame of mind. By the time the devil leaves, you will say, hey, why did I do this? I'll give you a story of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams of Action Faith in Ghana. He said, if you see him, he has, I think he's, is it the right hand or the left? I think he's the right. yeah. He used to get involved with these demonic things and before he got born again. And he said one night, whilst he was in his room, a voice just spoke to him. Go and put your hands on the fire. Because candle and to put his hands. The thing was burning his hands. And he couldn't scream. He couldn't he couldn't shout. He couldn't. The thing was burning until he eroded all of this hand. So it's just this and that one that is left. By the time he came to himself, he has lost his fingers. It was an advanced level. (laughs) They have advanced his case to finish him off first, quickly. Because they knew they could tell that the guy is going to become a trouble to them before he became born again. So by the time he was leaving Satan's domain, he has lost fingers. But you see, I think it's the left hand, isn't he? I think it's the left. Is it the right? You sure? With the left? With the left. Ah, okay. I think I'm... All right. You want to Google him and see, eh? Google him, let's see. <laughs> Thank God for Google. Amen. <laughs> hey, Now, so, now, so, in our world, we are not here alone. There are alien spirits that operate, and they have influences over lives. Eh? Is that right, eh? Mm. there are influences that can affect your children. They can enter a child right from childhood. Then the child can become rebellious. And most of the things I mentioned earlier, those things become weaknesses in the life of that child that they can use in the future to torment the destiny of that girl or child. Some people cannot stay married Because they can't follow instructions. They can't just come under the the authority of a man. A man says, sit here. He says, no, I must go out. Sit here. Mm -mm. I'm out. Let's do this. No, Mm -mm. I do this. They are always anti, opposing everything. And it works in their life it works in their job, it works everywhere. Some people too cannot just relate with people. They have problem relating with people. And most of the time, it can start even from children. So when your children are showing wrong tendencies, don't don't entertain it. The Bible says foolishness is in the heart of a child. The rod of correction drives it far away. Drive it away when he's a child. Before he grows up and the thing demons take advantage of that thing and begin to torment the life of that child. Because his or her pain in adulthood will become your pain. said so that any child that goes wayward, The father and the mother will feel the pain. Why? It's a proof that you didn't raise them well. The reason is that the Holy Spirit puts you as a guardian over those children. Don't just say, oh, he's a child. He's a nice child. Oh, anything he wants, you give him. No. That's certain time you tell them, no. Sit down there. Shut up. Don't move. So they learn to follow what? Instruction. Not just because they are children. So no, no, anything they want. You've given a child every sweet in the world until all his teeth is gone. or the teeth have become yellow, black, blue green you are the problem of that child and it won't be long you will be his or her problem in adulthood because by the time that child is becoming an adult demons familiar spirits that have seen that weakness will take advantage last week i told you how satan can take advantage over you and use it Amen. Amen.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, let's look at this scripture. (laughs) Elisha. In 2nd Kings chapter 6, you said we didn't read it, so we'll read it again. I think we did. Yeah, I remember we did. We did, but let's, let's, uh, from verse 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for Tita the Syrians are come down. And the king of Syria, Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once, nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, which of you is a spy? that have been telling the king of Israel our plans. When we plan in the bedroom in secret, it is revealed to him. How is it revealed? But what they did not know was that a prophet was in the house. Anything that was happening in their bedroom, the prophet was seen. Verse 11, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was troubled. verse 12, and one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, Tell the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy chamber, in thy bedchamber. It means even if you are hiding in your bedchamber, whatever you are whispering on your bed, the prophet is hearing. Verse 13. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent his. He thither horses and chariots and a great host, and he came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both the horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Verse 16 And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way neither is this the city follow me and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek but he led them to Samaria and it came to pass when they were come into Samaria that Elisha said Lord open the eyes of these men that they may see and the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and behold they were in the midst of Samaria and the king of Israel said unto Elisha when he saw them my father shall I smite them shall I smite them and he answered thou shalt not smite them wouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drank, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. Even the king <coughs> knew that The office of the prophet cannot be joked with. When he saw the prophet, he says, my father, my father. My what? My father, my father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the things of the spirit are more than physical. Sometimes people become so familiar with the anointing, with church and with everything that you think that your pastor is the same, is, is, is your equal. <laughs> no, 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 no. Every revelation that took place, the prophet will reveal it to the king. And that was how he avoided damnation. But the most interesting part that I want to open your eyes to was when the servant of Elijah saw these people. Now, he was ruled by his senses. He saw by his senses. So what he saw was what was ruling him. And a lot of us are at that realm. We think life is just what we see. So anything you cannot see, beyond now beyond what your five senses can rationalize you don't think that it is possible but life is more than what we see yeah life is more than what you see life is the more than the physical life is more than the physical and that's why i told you that life is what spiritual life is more than the physical The Bible says he opened the eye of the servant and said, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Which means that they were not just coming by their own volition. I told you last week. They were coming because of the demons that were moving them to come. And they came. They came. The only thing is that Elisha knew who his God was. And Elisha knew that he was not alone. You are not alone. Amen. You are not alone. Your angels are more powerful than any devil that is hatched from hell. They may try, but when they try, your angels are waiting. Don't be don't use your own mouth to incapacitate your angels. Engage them. Amen. Amen. You sense anything abnormal around you in the name of Jesus. Angels of God, I release you. Dispatch you. Go to work. Put them on the run. David in Psalm 91, 11 and 12 says what? He will give his angels to keep charge over you. That you will not dash your foot against a stone. He understood the presence of the angelic ministry. They so much interacted with the supernatural that they understood that nothing can bypass the hand of God. Nothing can bypass the hand of God. And that should be more real to you than them that were using their five senses. They were carnal men under the Old Testament. Under the New Testament, we live by the spirit, not by our physical senses. Stop living by what you see, feel, touch, and smell. Start engaging the supernatural. Start engaging the Holy Ghost. Engage the angels of God in your battles. Amen? Amen. Well, we'll get to your microphone to ask questions. If you have, whilst I go to my last scripture, the one I wanted to read before, you interrupted me by telling me I didn't teach this one. I think I did. It means you didn't go to listen to the message again. Daniel chapter 9. Can somebody open to Jeremiah 25, verse 11 for me and read for me? Anybody that can open to Jeremiah 25, verse 11? Please give a microphone for me.
1: And this whole land shall be
0: a desolation and an astonishment and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Amen. Amen That's Jeremiah's prophecy. Jeremiah saw what will happen to Israel and prophesied it. The 70 years came and passed, and nobody could do anything about it. Except for Daniel. Daniel began to feel an agency in his spirit. That no, something is not right. And he knows that he had read about the prophecy. Now, Israel had, done, had gone against the law of God. And God said, anytime you do something against my law, I will punish you. I will remove my hand. So God removed his hand. And they were taken by that prophecy. They were taken into captivity but the 70 years had passed in Babylon then Daniel felt an urge to fast, to pray there were several times Daniel fasted and prayed it was only once his prayer was withheld or his angel was withheld <laughs> but at that times, the moment he prayed, the angel came In Daniel chapter 9, if you read 3 and 4, the Bible makes us understand. And then all the way down, go and read the whole of Daniel chapter 9. I won't read it because I won't have time if I need to answer questions. And Daniel prayed. The first time he prayed, answers came. The Bible says the angel came and said, Daniel, from the first moment you prayed, the answer was released. And I have come to give you words and to take your words. Anytime we pray, we call heaven. To intervene in the natural. You can never operate the supernatural without prayer. You can never engage the supernatural without prayer. In Daniel 10, we find out that Daniel, after a while, began to pray again. And this time around, Daniel had a different encounter. Daniel had a different encounter. Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Bethesizer. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In other words, the prophecy had passed. Many of us have been giving prophecies that we can't see manifestation. Pray. What must we do? Pray and if possible fast fast and pray prophecies don't just happen you you pile them up in a room until your room is full you have a collection of prophecies oh 2013 this prophet said this 2015 this prophet said 2012 this prophet said this you will have many prophecies they'll be collecting dust in your bedroom if you don't pray and fast and sometimes you feel that edge in you that no, you are not at the level you are supposed to be spiritually, physically, you are not at the level. something needs to change. Fast and pray. You realize a particular area of your life is not measuring up to where the, I mean the things God has shown you. Don't just sit there, fast and pray. organize a fast for yourself. begin to pray until you feel a release. When there is no release, go again, wait. Stop for another time. Go back to the same thing. Fast and pray until that thing breaks. Because unless that thing breaks, you will keep repeating the same cycle. You keep repeating the same cycle. And it's not because God is not powerful. It's because you have not invited God into your affairs. The Bible says, Daniel fasted and prayed. If you have any question, you can lift up your hands. In those days, verse 2, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks So for three weeks he was fasting and praying. I had no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twenty day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekal, then I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of opas. His body also was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quickening quicken fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. In other words, fear came upon them. Now, this is not how angels always appear. Angels don't always appear with this, their glory and fire and power and all that. That is making people go around to go and hide. No. Sometimes angels can take the form of humans. Like the angels that visited Abraham. An angel can walk with you in the bus and you will not know he's an angel. That's why the Bible says that we should not restrain ourselves from what? Entertaining strangers. strangers. That is how Abraham entertained angels. He didn't know. He just felt the need that, look, I want to be good to these people. They were just normal human beings walking about. You can have an angel staying with you by your next door for a whole year. On assignment, you come and rent a room and be there with you, paying rent. And you think he's a normal human being. But it's an angel side to make sure that they police you. One day, they'll just pack their things. They said they are going. You see them, they bring truck of load and come and carry their things and they are gone. An angel has been with you all the while, maybe for three years. Your next door neighbor was an angel. And you might not know it. And you never even said good morning. Every day, you just see him and pass. you have a question? Yeah. Okay, please bring it on. I can finish this one next week.
1: Thank you, Apostle. I wanted to know, mm. you made mention that you might feel maybe a foul presence around you. Mm. And when you do that, you just burst into praying. How do you handle that, that people would not see that to be superstition? Because when you do that and people are around you like at times you maybe you ask the question did you smell what I was smelling and the, maybe the person that didn't smell what you were smelling and you felt that urge to pray and the person looked at you with some strange do you, how do you handle it? Do you have to even open your mouth to say it? Secondly if, if, in, if you say it and they frown upon it how do you Handle it.
0: Wonderful. Now, when it comes to things of the spirit, sometimes when God, you see, in the realm of the spirit as well, your senses are active. So the things you will smell in the realm of the spirit may not necessarily be physical smell. That's why people around you may not smell it. You can smell filth. You can smell a demon. You can smell a demon of cancer, a demon of something. Some sort, and people around you will not smell it, they are just normal. (laughs) Everything will be okay. (laughs)